want to have a little different Sunday morning in the time that remains, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm so much a creature of habit, Faithy knows how much, I mean, you could almost uh, figure the day and she knows exactly what I'm doing on <laughs> that time of day. I run in my, not my ruts, you know, but I, I, I am so routine and uh, for me, what's natural at this time is just to spend 45 minutes teaching the Word. And so for me to teach the Word a little bit and then talk about leadership and direction where we're going, it's a little bit different. So it's a little, little harder for me. So just because I'm, it's not the normal course of, of my life. But it's needful to do that and, uh, and so on. So um, I, I do want to begin by asking the question, uh, what, what are we doing here as a church? I mean, what is our purpose? When I, uh, years ago, uh, when I uh, served as associate professor at college and then seminary, I always had um, academic affairs meeting. All the department chairs met with the academic dean, and, and every month you would meet and go through programs and the, you know, this kind of thing, or faculty hires and this kind of thing. And I, it always amazed me at how often time, now these are, these were men and women of great renown and training and, and the dean and all that. And, and so many times uh, we, would, <laughs> we would talk about what is it that we're doing here anyway? And I go like, first time I heard I like, don't we all know what we're doing here? And, uh, and you know, it's needful to do that because so easily, don't we get off track? We sort of like <laughs> fear to the left and fear to the right. Look at all the... All the churches that once stood for, for something that was precious and wonderful, and now today they're like museums, right? Somebody didn't ask that question. What are we doing here anyway? And, uh, and they didn't guard the trust. We're to earnestly contend for the faith, right? To the glory of God. What do we do? We do for the glory of God. But what, uh, what are we supposed to do here as a church? Can anybody help me out here? And then I'll, we'll teach you a little bit about that uh, just briefly. What are we supposed to be doing as a church? Do we just show up here? So, well, my mother brought me when I was six, and so I've been coming ever since, Sunday morning. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Al? Okay, all right. Al's touched on it. Big part, yeah. We gather to glorify God, to worship the Lord in song and in fellowship, and to hear his word proclaimed, that we might do something with it. Take it with us. May it change us. And then we engage ourselves in the work. What else? How would you put it in your own words? What are we doing here? We're worshiping him. That's we come, we praise him, we corporate prayer is needful and vital. Uh, and what else would you say? Good. Other things? What are we doing as a church? Why why do we exist? Wanda? That's a big part of it, isn't it? As we fellowship, we encourage one another. There's a lot to be discouraged about. We're just living life in a fallen world. We need each other. It's called the body. Stephen? God tells us, don't forsake yourself, as some do, to assemble together. We draw strength from each other. We encourage one another by showing up. Where's Bill? Where's Mary? Where's, you know, this kind of... Sorry, Mary. That just, that just came out. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> Jim? I like that, 3W, illiterate, worship, witness, and work. And, and we should come together on Sunday morning unless worship is the outflow, the inflow, the overflow of the Christian life. Amen. If you didn't bring anything in, don't expect your band to stimulate that again. That's right. Uh, that, that's the result of that time you spent with the Lord over the week and being out there. Well put. Okay. Did you catch that? We gather here to celebrate, to eat, to feed, to go out, to serve, and to disciple, right? Others? Yes. Teaching. Equipping the saints. Beautiful. Beautiful. Take your Bible. Just look at uh, Matthew 28. When I ask myself, why do we exist as a church? You know, there are a number of places where each of the Gospels include this. 
But uh, Matthew 28, verse 19 specifically, says what we're to be a part of. Jesus, just before his ascension, leaving these words, he tells us that we are to be a part of um, this great commission. It should be the focus of what we do. Everything we do ought to relate to this. In verse 18, Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and said to them, that's to the, his disciples, that's to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And look at verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And the idea is after they become a disciple, then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And here's, here's a word of encouragement. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of this age. All right, so what are we doing here? What we're doing is the reason we exist as a church to the glory of God is to make disciples. That's it. We make disciples. Americans like that, real short. We, we like, what are we supposed to do? We're doers. We're not great thinkers. You know, you get a book out of the library, 900 pages, most people are like, oh, I can't read it. You know, like, holy cow. But, you know, you know we're doers. Tell me what I need to do. Make disciples. Make disciples. Now, there's a, a popular writer today, and, and you'll hear this a couple times today, that I've sort of embraced this idea. So how do we do that? How do we go about the business making disciples? <clears throat> well, it's needful, as Stephen has said, uh, you know, it's needful for the church to assemble. We draw strength from that. And uh, uh, this teaching friend, a uh, distant friend of mine through his writings, uh, puts it, that's the air war. You know, we're in combat. This is warfare. You know, we're to live like revolutionaries in this world. We're not of this world, right? We're salt and light. We're sprinkled throughout. We're saved. We're God's people. We, we're living in foreign territory. We get so cozy here, and God's goodness to us, we just kind of settle in. But uh, it's warfare. Read Ephesians 6. It's warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Warfare. Fight the good fight. Paul said, I fought it. There is a good fight. There's a lot of bad fights. Don't be a part of that. There's a good fight. Warfare. And uh, we gather, it's the air war. You know, in the air war with these uh, in the Middle East, they'd send in the bombers and all that, and go and knock out the intelligence and the bridges and all that kind of thing. I, but you can't hardly win a war by doing that. You can't just have the air war. The gathering together and the preaching of the word uh, sets the pace for the whole church. The pulpit leads the church in making disciples. If this goes bad, the whole thing's bad. It's all bad. You get the wrong guy apostatizing, teaching something other than the Bible, then the whole thing is bad, and it's end up with a museum. That's what you end up with. Beautiful, maybe stained glass. Nobody there. A lot of churches, the government pays for the pastor's salary. They don't really care if anyone shows up. Go to Europe. You'll see what I mean. It's the air war, so that sets the pace. But you got to put boots on the ground. you got to go out there, then, in making disciples. And I'm going to refer to that from uh, my friend Mark, who was writing. That's going to be our smaller groups. you got to put the boots on the ground to go after them and, uh, and to get involved in the community and in small groups uh, of, of, of sorts, so that you do the discipleship making. And so the air war and the ground war, they're very, very important. Now, uh, disciple making, what is it? Disciple means that people come to faith in Christ. How do, you, how do you make disciple? Now, let me say one thing here. A lot of times, this is a missionary passage. Uh, go into all the world, right? Make disciples. The word go is not the main verb there. The command there is make disciples. It assumes that we're going to be going. Uh, the idea is as you go. Okay? And this is our Jerusalem right here. This is it. Missions is right here. All of you, if you know Christ, you really are missionaries. Uh, small capital, you're sent ones. I'm a sent one here. A lot of times churches will be very disobedient and not care a hoot about their neighbor, whether they're saved, and, and, but they, they'll feel like, I'll give a check to missions over in China or over there. And it's like, it's not either or, it's both and. 
And so, and so it's supporting missions far and some a little closer, but here is our area. And God has raised us up for his glory for this purpose, to make disciples, and it assumes that we're going to be going. Well, to make a disciple sees people come to Christ, and more than that, it enables them to become mature in Christ, teaching them all things. And more than that, to the maturity that they become reproducers, healthy uh, living organisms produce, reproduce other ones. Okay? Mature, healthy ones reproduce. And that's what we want to be a part of as a church, to unleash the church into our community. Well, second uh, thing I want to mention here, the Lord provides leadership for his church. We have wonderful elders here and have had them in the past. And, uh, and uh, I thank, you, thank the Lord for each of our men. Mark and Galen and Roger and Hans are incredible men with uh, great wisdom. And uh, we've had other elders, David Allen in the past, Gary Helsell is retired in Florida, uh, Elder Emeritus. Jim functions as an elder at large. Uh, and so we've had a number in deacons, and uh, we are blessed. We're really blessed. We are blessed particularly to have a church where men are able to preach and teach um, uh, with, with high degree of proficiency and blessing. Uh, it's, a, it's a great joy, and it's a mark of God's blessing upon grace. And God has given elders, and you can look at Acts 20, and elders have a number role, uh, obviously to feed the sheep. Feed, that means to teach the word. Also to protect, some people don't like it, when the names are named, you know, like in our day, oh, don't name names, you know, like, oh, judge not. Listen, I'll tell you what, you know, elders need to stab a few wolves so the sheep know there's danger out there. You better stab them or the sheep are going to be rent and ripped and, and laid open. I did that a few weeks ago with some, you remember that. And you need to protect the flock. They need to discipline the flock. We, we have a tendency to wander, don't we? All of us, we do. They need to, they watch, they care, they flock, they keep together. Sheep sort of like mosey, they have to flock them together. And so we disciple, we guide, and, and we lead. Leadership. Leadership is a big part of it. This way, you know, the, and it's not a vote. Sheep, which way are we going? Well, I don't know. Yeah. The shepherd goes like, there's the greener pasture. Leadership is a big part of it, and God gives those gifts. Uh, number three, what are some of our values? Uh, Jen, you can, uh, you can show that, uh, that first page, that New Beginnings at Grace page on the, what are some of our values? And then I want to show you some, and we'll, we'll move into uh, some some of our new beginnings. All right, I, it's helpful for us to. Oh, you didn't get that one type. Okay, all right. Then I'll just you'll have to jot these down. We'll make these available next week. You'll have uh, printed copies of these, or they'll be on the table for the following week with a holiday weekend. You may miss next week. You, you know what's our mission? Uh, make disciples. We recognize what that is and how the command from the scripture. Recognize the leadership that God has given to a local assembly, his gifts. And then we say, well, what are our values? I think it's important to say, what out of all the things that we value as leaders, as I, as a pastor teacher, and as a church? Well, the first thing is biblical, and there are only, only five that I put down here. Biblical, are the Bible's our foundation for all that we do, for life and practice. You know, we, it's our authority, it's not pastoral authority, it's not elder authority insofar as uh, like a papal authority or any of that. It's not congregational authority. We decided this is true. No, it's biblical authority. What does the Bible say? Uh, it's, a, it's the most wonderful thing, you know, with God's word that a man uh, or a woman of God can stand and even speak to, uh, before the government. Let's take an example. Say, that's not right because of the scripture. The, the scriptures are authoritative over everything, even civil government, our family, uh, our church, and governance, and all of that. So biblical, value number one. Number two, loving. Loving. I want to be a part of a church that loves the Lord, that loves each other, and that loves the world. Not the sin world, but God so loved the world that he gave. That's the kind of church we need to be, intimate. So 
we're united around Scripture, we're united as a body, but there's intimacy and love. Uh, it's a terrible thing when people will have the Bible and have the truth, but they can't stand each other. Or they're fighting all the time. And some elders in an oversight church, all they're doing is sitting down trying to, uh, to tear people apart. And it's a, it's a terrible testimony in the community. And people never go to that, and they lose the blessing. And we want to be a loving church. Biblical, we want to be loving. Uh, third, we want to be authentic. One of the things I really love about grace is the authenticity here. I just really sense that, uh, and I hope you sense from Faithy and I, that uh, as transparent as, as we could possibly be. And that it's a beautiful thing, really. Nothing to hide. Here we are. Open heart, open arms. And I sense the reciprocity with that. And it's a beautiful thing. And people look for that, which is really genuine. And you can smell phony, can't you? You just go like, ah, I can smell it. I hate it. It's just, ah. But that which is genuine, transparent, loving, biblical, these are beautiful qualities that we say these are our values as a church. So that when folks come and say, look, I really have a problem, they don't have to hold back. They can really just pour their hearts out. And we'll weep with those that weep. And Rejoice with those that rejoice. And sometimes it's within an hour. One happens, then the other happens. As a pastor, I've had that experience. I've gone from hospital rooms where folks are dying to at the funeral home, and later that day had a wedding rehearsal. How do you do that emotionally in one day? I mean, that happens. That's life. In a micro, we want to nurture that so that we're a, a biblical, loving, authentic, and fourth value is missional. You know, I don't want us to be an inward-looking church. You know, we've had, we've had good things happening here and, and all that, but uh, it will stifle the work if we're just looking in. We need to care for each other, love each other, but we've got to be a church really focusing outward into our community to make impact. We'll talk about more on how to do that. And around the world, we have missionaries, faithful servants of the Lord in Africa and in South America and in Quebec and Central America, and we thank the Lord for them and pray for them. But in our area here, too, that each one of us view ourselves as, uh, as sent ones. That's what the word missio, missionary, means. Uh, we're not the big apostles, one of the big 12, but we're the small A. We're sent ones into the community. You all have jobs, whether it's in the home or outside, that you view yourself as a missionary, sent with a purpose. Look, if God didn't want you, he'd strike you dead today or tomorrow, or yesterday at six or something. I don't know. And we all have a purpose and uh, to be a sent one, missional. I want us to be an outward-looking church. Churches that only look inward, they're just fighting all the time. And I, I have no desire to be a part of a body like that. And number five and last, excellence. Whatever we do, because God, whatever he does, is perfect. Okay? And I don't mean this in pride. I don't mean that we never can do anything because it's not quite exactly perfect, right? But we want to do it with high degree of, of excellence, whether I'm teaching Sunday school or making muffins for the refreshments or cleaning the church or doing the audio, doing the library, doing whatever we do, right? Greeting people, ushering people. We want to do with excellence unto my Lord. Why? That's the way the Lord does it, not slipshod. So if I have a responsibility, I'm prepared. If I have a respons I'm on time. In fact, I'm early. I got my heart right. And uh, that's the kind of excellence. You ought to strive for that. It's a mark of maturity in, in your life, and you ought to strive for that in, in all of your life. It, it really, uh, the way you run your houses, ladies, the way you work, uh, uh, the whole thing. Ought to, why? Because it's a great reflection. Not pride, but look, whatever the Lord does, he does well. And uh, uh, close enough is not good enough in God. Have you noticed that? We're not pitching horseshoes. You get one point for if it's close, right, Roger? We're not, God doesn't do that. We're not doing that here. All right. Well, what are, uh, what are some ministry areas then that uh, we, we need to update or begin? Now, let me say this. I really, uh, this new beginning, I, I really view it as chapter 3. Um, uh, let me back up and say it. I live with the understanding that people hate change. They hate change. They like dollars, 
but they hate to have fun. Faith always, if I get quarters, she goes, can I have your change? She always, I don't know, it goes in her purse. I don't know where it goes, but she goes, <laughs> but people hate change. You know, and the numbers show it, because in any kind of thing, uh, when something is announced, uh, uh, 10%, and you, you got to love them. If you've ever been in leadership, they love it. They go, wow, that's great, 10%, 10%. Uh, then you have about 20% that are sort of like, um, yeah, that sounds good, but let me, I, I don't think about that. And then you have uh, about a, another 60% that are just a little bit slower coming along, and then you always end up with uh, 10 percenters. They hate change, and they'll never like it. I'll never like it. I'm against it, right? I'm against it. I view this uh, really as the third chapter for grace. God raised up uh, grace in uh, January 1st, uh, 2004, and some of you were there. That was chapter 1, and uh, we came through a lot of tears and difficulty, and some of you were there. And how many of you remember that uh, in the uh, Radisson? How many of you raise your hand? Let me see. Bless your heart. You guys are getting purple hearts. Holy cow. Man, that was chapter 1. And uh, that we have a lot of stories on that, do we not? <laughs> Audio equipment burned up one time. I stood there in a house. A house burned down. They were storing all our audio equipment every day, the guy, every Sunday. The guys would come in, set it up. Jay? Was it stolen first? All right, thanks, Jay. See how that is? They say it wouldn't happen for a few more years for me, but... Yeah, I was stolen right in front of Mark's house. At, the, at first, okay, let's go back there. All that stuff was put in his truck every week. Then he'd come in. You guys had set it up. And even prior to that, we had the TV cameras and all that for a number of weeks. And, but uh, then the stuff was stolen right out of Mark's truck. He's still not been able to look at his neighborhood in quite the same way. <laughs> he went door to door passing out stuff. In case your kids have this incredible sound equipment. <laughs> He did. I heard he did that. He went, I couldn't believe they stole the seven, $8,000 worth of stuff. Now, it was covered by insurance. And, but then we thought, well, we better not do that. Let's put it in the house. And it went Mike, uh, Mike's house there. And his house burned down. I don't know of too many people whose house burned down. And we ran over there, and it was in the garage. And Mark and I stood there looking, and, and um, Vandaline comes over and goes like, yeah, that's where all this stuff was. There was nothing. I mean, it was ash. It's like, and it was gone. And we could tell stories about that, right? That was, that was something. And we were there for a couple of years. And then chapter 2 began when God opened this up. And uh, we were so thankful. I remember when we first came in here. Remember we sat here, Jerry, looking around? And we were like, oh, man, that's going to be a lot more money, rent. Wow. But look at the space. And we got to develop a nursery and... Uh, we, we only had one, two, three. We didn't have any of that at that time. And we felt like we got a place of our own, and we don't have to, uh, we're not the church on wheels or in the governor's ballroom at the Radisson, chapter one, but chapter two. And uh, that was probably around the year, what, 06 or 07. I can look it up. And we've been here these years since. And our lease is good. We have one uh, option until next uh, October of, uh, of 12 and, uh, and so on. And we added a couple years ago the fellowship hall and then the Sunday school classrooms and as a part of chapter 2. But now we're at a point where, uh, uh, and, and this all really came to me, a couple of things. I've been slow on the uptake here because I've really been out of commission the last, you, you know what, you've been so kind to me. I wasn't right, but you didn't say much. But about pain in the hip in about two and a half years, I just, I lost something. I don't even know how I kept studying and preaching and all that, but you just do what you have to do. But I'm feeling like, I don't know, I'm not even taking Geritol, but I'm getting this burst of energy. And I tell my boys, just try and keep up with your old man here now. You know, like I feel like I'm coming back. And while Faith and I were serving over in Qatar, I, it gave me a chance to think about the big picture and a couple of your other comments were so helpful as a catalyst. And I go like, things are stale. Things need, we, we've got to go to the next level here as a church uh, in our focus to the glory of God to make disciples and uh, uh, in incorporating these values into what God has raised up. 
And so uh, God has really laid this upon my heart. We've, we've spent some time looking at it as elders. We looked at even a gold sheet as to where we want to be and go in terms of two years and five years and ten years as a church. And, uh, and, uh, and just praying for growth. Now listen, qualitative growth is better than quantity growth. Would I like to have uh, 500 people showing up for teaching and worship and ministry as we... Yeah, of course. And I believe God will give that to us in time. But I'll never sacrifice that over quality. We're in the midst of making disciples. And if it ever becomes, you know, just people, people, people... We count people because people count. We're focusing on the quality. Quality. People first. But we really pray that God would use us to make a greater impact upon our community and world for the glory of Christ during these few days of time. So we've, we've talked about in terms of two years, five years, and ten years, uh, just asking the Lord's direction and trying to put down some targets. Ten years seems way, way out there. But uh, So that's, uh, that's kind of the basis. And now as we look at a new beginning, which I view as chapter three, uh, and trying to tweak and to develop some new ministries and some things, uh, I think you'll be pleased with, uh, and they give you a chance here in a few minutes to even do the question here. Uh, from stem to stern, I'd like to see things improved and changed and developed, and I need your help. This cannot be, okay, go pastor, we're cheering for you. Uh-uh. No, it's a body, it's a body. I need to have you use your gifts here, and then particularly then when you scatter uh, as we are engaged in this work of uh, discipleship. So from stem to stern. All right, the first ministry area that we're either going to update that we're going to update is our church webpage, and we have a copy of what we've been. Uh, do we have a copy of that on the? Uh, we want to show that the church webpage. We're going to add some of our own pictures. Those people look better than we do. But uh, we're going to easily incorporate some of our own shots in there. And even, even right here, don't want to scare people, but going to have like a 15 or a 45-second or a minute and 20-second. Uh, I'll, I'll get a chance to be able to clip, clip that and, and see me uh, uh, talk about grace and the ministry here. And uh, The reason for the webpage um, is, is really to... Uh, to be our front, uh, it's called the storefront. I know some of the business guys, Jeff uses it, others. People are moving into our area, and more and more through these cards, and I see them come in, Bev, and you give them out. It, how'd you find us? The webpage, the webpage. That's, that's what people use today, the webpage. And so we want to, we want to really uh, be, uh, have a first-class, excellent uh, uh, webpage uh, so that you'll use and that you'll refer folks to, and uh, it, will, it will show who we are in, in an attractive way for this purpose, that they come in and go like, boy, I think I'd like to come visit this church. And that's our purpose for the webpage, to kind of hook folks to it. Now, secondarily, uh, we'll use it for communication among the body, but primarily it's our storefront. It's hanging out there into the community, so when folks come in, and they say, uh, church, and we'll, we're going to work on that, and I don't know anything about that, but there are people that know how to do these kind of things. And so when they punch in Bible-believing church, Harrisburg area, or whatever, we're going we're gonna to either have a little ad in it or a pop-up or something that comes in, they'll hit it, and it'll go to this, and it'll link, and it'll show who we are, and they'll go, like, hey, I'm going to try those people out. Now you have to help me. When they come in, don't bite them. Please smile, be nice, man. Okay, so that's that's our web page, and that's uh, it's a key, I think, to our future development, uh, and uh, and so on. We're going to uh, look for uh, an administrator of it, uh, keeping it up to date week to week to week, that kind of a thing. Uh, I know uh, presently uh, Jeremy is working on the uh, iPad downloads of the sermons and all that kind of thing, and we'll want to figure all that kind of thing out, uh, how best to do that, so digitally that stuff's out there uh, on the web. Uh, so that's, that's, that gets people looking at it and say, well, hey, that's where they are. That's where they are. I remember when Jim was saying, Jim Douglas said, 
hey, where's Sobolski? I can't find him. I lost him for a couple of years. We, <laughs> he, and he's looking for me. That's bad. That's not good. And people, we want people to be able to find us easily and to come here. Second thing, our facilities. Uh, we, said a, we said a couple of uh, months ago that there was a 16-acre uh, plot of land in Hampton Township. Uh, I assembled for a couple of meetings. I called it a visionary uh, group of men. Uh, we had about 12 men. A lot of, they were the elders, businessmen, and men that were engineers, civil engineers, surveyor types to look at property. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a theologian, pastor, teacher, right? I, I don't, I, I'm not a, uh, this piece of land. I like the size, I like the location, uh, but uh, as we worked through it and did a good study on it, all the men came. It was amazing to see in our couple meetings we had uh, that that was not the property for us, that it was virgin ground. You start doing that, and there's a big creek in it and a pond, and you start developing it. Who knows? You could spend a million dollars before you even put a building up, just moving dirt around, and if there's limestone or whatever else, that we probably want a piece of land that was building ready if we're going to do that. So you don't have to carve it out and make it and all that kind of thing. So let you know on that where that was. That, that was processed really well by the men around the table, a couple of the gathering. Uh, if, you, if you felt like, I want to be a part, see me on that. We'll have you a part of it in the future as we try and figure out these things. Now we're here in this property and uh, there's a sense that our, our property feels stale, a little mildew, if you will, uh, our lease is up next uh, October uh, 2012, and uh, we're working with a landlord because we still have leaks and uh, this kind of thing. We just sense that it's a good beginning, but now we're in a new chapter. We're taking a look at it. Is there a better site that we can go to? The good news is we don't owe any mortgage. We don't owe anyone anything. All bills are paid. We're a little bit behind year-to-date, but we're trusting the Lord. We'll go way over the top on that. But uh, we've given some thought to the property, the suite next door. There's kind of a suite and a half. And, uh, and the guys did a walkthrough on that this week. <clears throat> and uh, with a realtor that represented the owner, uh, it's a mess over there with roof leakage and water and all that kind of thing. Uh, so, but we're considering all kinds of options. We just really feel like, okay, the web page hooks them, they come. Uh, now the facility, signage, we're taking a look at that. Can we do that better, more uh, with excellence? And then the facility, what about the color, the arrangement? Uh, maybe there's a better way of entrance. You come in the front door and you're kind of looking at a wall there. Maybe it'd be better to have, uh, if the Lord would provide, and they would fix the next suite up, we could have the entryway over there, and then they would make your way into the worship center here. Just some thoughts. We're looking, at, as well as uh, updating this, and we're, going, we're getting a recommendation, and we're talking pretty well because of the roof leakage and all that, unless the landlord does some things. Uh, we're not going to do anything more to it than that. Why? That makes no sense. But it needs updating. We're talking lighting, colors, some carpeting, so it really looks sharp. We started well. It's looking a little bit worn. We wanted to send the right message to folks when they come. One thing I particularly love is, uh, and I always loved having a nursery, and we want to hang a sign up. I, I, Greg and Maggie uh, Hartman oversee that, and I love the fact that she's a registered nurse. I think we ought to advertise that. New families coming with their little bundles of joy know that there's a nurse that oversees our nursery. It sends the right message, doesn't it, in our day. I'm really happy about that. And so when they come in. So building, we're looking around. If you see of any, anything that would, would be a possibility and knowing when our lease is up, uh, if the landlord doesn't do anything here, we're going to look at some definite options. So we need your prayers. And maybe simply another rental. We got the idea that wherever we go from here doesn't necessarily have to be where we finally uh, rest in peace, Right? Could be an inter intermediate spot. And then, depending what God does, could be somewhere else. Uh, the church on the move, if you will. <clears throat> All right, so we want to give it a facelift. Facelift. Any questions uh, so far? I wanted to ask questions at all.
It just seems stale, seems tired, just seems like it could, could be. When Jonathan comes home, he tells me, he said, Dad, it looks too much like a hospital. I said, what do you mean? He said, <laughs> oh, the color's not. You ought to hang some drapes or some, uh, some drapery or some pictures or change the lighting. These are so harsh. Uh, th these kind of things. Uh, you know, you don't have to do much. The carpeting has some rips in the steams and maybe the color's not the right. And we're going to we're going to get some recommendations and do that. We may need your help in, in rolling. We painted all this to begin with. Uh, actually, the uh, young adults did that when we first moved in. You remember that. All right. Uh, uh, okay, so now the facility. Number three is uh, we want to really develop uh, our greeter teams. We have uh, a couple of couples that do that every week. Like to like to have six or eight, maybe ten, on a rotation with a lead greeter. And uh, even some outside that uh, people come in, I still see them trying all the doors as they're coming down. It'd be nice if someone, here's the door. And we're looking for greeters, looking for visitors to come as we trust the Lord for, uh, for growth. And so we want to develop that, need a leader for that. Uh, ushers and head ushering, a team of eight or ten to rotate on a schedule uh, with name tags and ready to go. And uh, as a part of... Uh, 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 the familiarity, the intimacy, we want to develop uh, and have hanging in the back down the hallway permanent name tags. You come and get your name tag, put it on, so we don't have to have these printed out every week. And uh, along with your name, if you're an elder, it'll say elder, or it'll say usher on it. Uh, it'll say, well, we'll figure out who you are, what you do, a Sunday school teacher or something, so that when people come in, they can, they can recognize that and ought to do that. There ought to be uniformity and excellence with that. We're going to develop that. Number five, we're going we're to work on streamlining the worship service. We're going to strive to have a 90-minute service time frame. Uh, it, uh, it, counts, uh, it counts on a couple of things. Number one, that you're here early, you're fellowshipping, you're ready to go at 9.30. Okay, some of us get in the habit, we come uh, moseying in late and uh, we want to honor the band and all the work that they do. They spend hours and if you show up and miss that and all that, we want to start, start on time and end on time. And uh, we're going to strive on that. Second thing, uh, talk to the pastor, and he's really working on 40 to 45-minute teaching. And uh, there are good reasons why I'll be able to do that. We want to keep the warmth. We're not going to include all the things we've been attempting to do. We're going to, we're going to change that around a, a, a little bit. Some weeks we'll do some things, some weeks not. Uh, but uh, uh, that you'll, you'll sense there's a little different flavor even in the worship service. Uh, we want to continue, number six, to develop our church library with books and videos for growth. Diane's been overseeing the, uh, as librarian, and we want to continue to develop that. Number seven, and this is uh, something brand new, we want to begin to develop small groups, home groups, and I'd like to see uh, six maybe by the end of the year where uh, either on Sunday late afternoon or Wednesday night, uh, we're meeting 8 to 10. We're going to keep it limited. Uh, I'm going to be a part of training uh, uh, small group leaders, meeting East Shore, West Shore, and uh, we'll no longer have uh, the, the Wednesday night uh, time of prayer and, and study. We're going to change it. We're going to multiply it many, many times over. Remember, unity in Scripture, unity in body and intimacy as we meet, but particularly in the smaller groups. Elders are going to oversee this. There's no, we're not going to form any <clears throat> small group. We'll get bigger, bigger, and bigger and form into a, a, uh, a, a church-like type thing that can cause splits and things. Uh, we're going to stay on top of it. I'm going to write the materials for discipleship I know there are small discipleship groups with the men and with the ladies that are meeting now, and we meet with the men and the ladies. We'll figure that out later, uh, uh, what we've done, but we're, gonna, we're going to do this. And the purpose of our home groups and study groups are, are going to be several fold. First of all, for friendship, relationship development. Did you know when people come to a church, one of the chief things that cause people to continue to stay is the relationships that they form. You know, and, and if you read much, you'll find that they, they have to have seven relationships with, with different people. Seven seems to be the number. In a bigger setting, and we're trusting the Lord for more growth, it gets harder. 
And so you've got to design, the leaders have to design smaller cells or groups for friendship making and the interlocking of people's lives together. Second purpose is discipleship. As uh, we further train in the scriptures, the doctrine of the word of God in the smaller groups during the week. Uh, again, Sunday or, or on Wednesday at this point, that's what we're thinking, and, uh, and, get them, and, and have at least that many by year end of that size, 8 to 10 to 12, and, uh, and so on. For close-up caring, you know, uh, the, one of the reasons that Cheers was such a popular uh, uh, sitcom a number of years ago, some of you aren't old enough to remember that, but where everyone knows my name. You know, don't we crave for that in a broken society? And you look at broken homes, broken lives, broken... Uh, it is one of the highest values in our culture. People want friendship. They want, to, they, want, they want that connection. And large groups can only do so much. It's got to be the... Uh, put the boots on the ground. It's got to be the close-up intimacy of sharing in the small groups. Now, Faith and I... We're part of a small group back in 1989 up in Clark Summit. We had it in our home. And uh, I remember those very dear people. Uh, every Wednesday we, we, we met there. And uh, very, very dear. As, as the highs and the lows and we would share, uh, you, you, you know, it's amazing how that knits people together. And then we'd study the Word and teach and disciple and grow so that people would become reproducers and then start their group, start another circle. And we would urge people, they wouldn't be camped out there forever, there'd be change or as they would mature, and then now you go and start. And I would help with arranging that, that, uh, that next group with them and work with them on that. And so the small groups are, are also for assimilating newcomers. Big factor. You know, someone comes here, how do I connect? A lot of you have all kinds of connections with family and that, it's all full. And so... Uh, uh, a lot of times, how does that happen? How do you connect emotionally, friendship-wise, with people that come in? And it's a natural setting for that. And community involvement, <clears throat> meaning uh, as, uh, as needs come up in the community, the small groups are the natural venue for, uh, for helping with this project or that project in the community and caring for each other and for those others that have needs. Now, leaders are going to receive training in that. I'm going to train directly on that. And uh, again, uh, that's something brand new that we're going to be moving for towards, uh, and I'm really excited about it, and you won't know how good that is until you're doing it. Now, some of you have been involved in that in the past. Uh, number eight, with youth, we're gonna, uh, there's going to be the development of new youth uh, group leadership. Uh, to disciple and to care for our church teens and their friends and others. And I'd uh, love to see us. Uh, we're going to be moving into that. We're, I'd love to see us developing a uh, coffeehouse-type space for our teens to gather during the week, play music, whatnot. Even if we stay here and the landlord works and it seems wise, the next door we could take a section there and make into like a coffeehouse sitting area, and then have that keyed for the teens. We could easily do that and really develop our ministry with our teens. Rob is, uh, has taken the oversight of that from day one with our youth, and Rob, as we've assessed his gifts and ability, is really the heart of an evangelist, and Rob is going to be moving more to direct evangelism. If you know Rob very well, you know that that's really where his heart is. And we're going to have different uh, evangelistic uh, strategic planning for uh, different uh, opportunities to be sharing Christ in the community and beyond. Jubilee Day is one of those as an example. And Rob's excited about that. His, his God has really burdened his heart for that. And so many of the teens that he's been working with have been those outside the church and have needed Christ. And he's been so faithful at that. And we really appreciate that. But we're going to move to some new leadership with... Uh, our youth ministry. Uh, the we're looking, number nine, to, uh, to look for and have a children's ministry director. And I'd like to see a woman who has a real passion for children, for a love for the Lord, uh, for the children, let's say sixth grade and lower, uh, to oversee that. It would include Sunday school, Bible school, five-day clubs, all these kind of things. And I'd love to see a woman uh, involved with that and serving uh, in that direction as a, a direct. Now you're going to notice 
We're looking, we're going to really broaden the base here and have directors of, and we're going to train and empower, train, enlist, enlist, train and empower uh, to go and broaden the base and then just, let's just see what God will multiply as uh, you and I are busy serving, as we plug in and use our gifts where, where uh, God would have us. And so uh, uh, that kind of a person is, is key. Uh, that is a uh, children's ministry directorate. Also, like to have number ten, a community impact leader. Uh, as uh, we have an outward look into our community to help organize uh, specific ways for us as a church to have greater reach and help in very practical ways in the greater Harrisburg area. This allows us to really show the love of Christ. Uh, sometimes. Uh, you know, we're, we're out there uh, sharing the gospel with people, and people are uh, really are, uh, are not listening. But when, if we come side by side, and let's say, for example, you, you have an interest and in, in a skill in uh, tutoring. Maybe you're good at English or math or something. And, uh, they're, you know, the, the kids need help in school, public school situation. And we come alongside and we help them. We help them. We, we go into the community to be a help and a blessing. And uh, it opens up, why would you do something like that? Are you doing this for pay? No, we're not doing it for pay. Why? It's because I love the Lord Jesus and I want to be a blessing. I want to help. People will come running, particularly if you care for people's kids. Have you ever noticed that? They'll come running. What is this about? It's so different from everything else. Now, I've had experience, we've had experiences as a church doing different things, right? Our care boxes at Christmas time for the children around the world, our soldiers, we got that together, we did that. We've been a part of a clothes closet once a week, open up, come in, take any of the clothes you want. If they fit, take them. We did clothes closet, we've done food, uh, food, uh, uh, food for uh, community, people have done that. Uh, we've done all kinds of things. I need a director, someone who has a real burden about uh, impacting our greater community here. Uh, some of you guys are involved with the prison and some of the helping uh, those guys and gals come out of that. into That's a hard thing. That's in helping with these kind of things. That is true ministry. We're going to see that next week as we look at Jesus sending out uh, uh, the 70 and, and, or, or out the 12 and then what he gave him the mission to do. And one was spiritual, the other one was physical. And they go hand in hand together. And we, we need to do better at this. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that as we strategically find. Can't do everything, but if God has put these things, and here's the thing. You say, well, well, Pastor, these are a lot of things. What has God put in your heart? I'm hoping something in your heart connects. You go like, I gotta, that's what i got to do. That's what I want to do. And, uh, and so on. We need a missions director here, or, or lack of another title. Someone who would really promote our... Uh, our missions around the world with uh, information, keeping uh, stuff uh, current, uh, information about them, what they're doing, and, and the bulletin, and prayer sheets, and all that kind of thing. A ladies' ministry director to oversee the teaching, the discipleship of the ladies. Uh, Faithy has uh, been doing that uh, up to this point. She does it so very, very well, uh, and will do forward, and maybe that'll break apart into different aspects. Men's fraternity director, I've been doing that, but uh, would love to train and enlist and then spin off. Also, we need, uh, we should have uh, men's breakfast. We ought to have it three, four times a year, just scheduled. And, uh, and someone to oversee that, I'll take that over. I'll work with you on getting a speaker. And uh, I, I really sense that I really need to give myself to general oversight, to study of the word, to preaching, teaching, and, and here's the thing, training, training, training particularly younger men. I've got to give myself uh, more to that. I look at the average age of our elders, not that we're geriatrics yet, but we're, we're, we're getting up there. And there was a day when we were younger, and we've got a number of excellent younger men that are godly and like to see them trained and moved into positions of deaconship and then eldership uh, as, as time goes on here and not too much time uh, or it'll be, uh, it'll be over. So i got to give myself to that. we got to have a regular membership class, those inquiring about the church and, and those moving towards that, a Christian education director overseeing electives. We have classes that we've developed. Uh, Roger's classes on Genesis. That's a, that's a wonderful thing with Grace Academy. Uh, that's an elective class. 
We need a director that will oversee that. Uh, uh, Paul and Bev, and, and they're working on this financial concept, biblical financial concept. That's a class. We want to all have those uh, four times a year, quarterly or something. These guys are working on it. Faith and I are working with uh, Todd and Ellen on a, on a marriage class, and that's an elective class. And we want to get that started uh, even in the fall as we do that, figuring out when to do that and how to do that, and offering these, these elective type of Christian ed type of classes and so on. So uh, what, what did you copy? Oh, oh, thank you, Jen. Okay, let's see if we... So here's some, here's some directors and leaders that we're looking at, webpage administrator, you know, someone to help with the week-to-week on that, buildings and ground improvement and maintenance. We got, you know, our guys that have been helping with looking at this building and improvements and, uh, and so on, greeting director, head usher, nursery. Some of these are filled, obviously, uh, I mentioned uh, Maggie Hartman, youth, working for new leadership there, children's ministry director, would love to see a woman there, library, Diana does that, band, Jay oversees that, audiovisual, uh, Jay, Jen told me she's in charge of that, <laughs> Do- Dr. Jen is, uh, Dr. Price, I'm sorry, Jen, uh, I said, that's a family thing, brother, so you're going to have to figure that one out. And uh, but audiovisual uh, church photographer should uh, uh, Jay? Now come on, Jay, you're taking them all. All right, you got it. Yeah, small group director. We need someone overseeing, coordinate social activity director. Susan, you said that. Uh, Susan. Oh, she had to leave it on. Susan said, "I'll take that directorship. I'll be. Uh, I'm. I'm social." And, uh, and she is. Isn't she great? Yeah. A missions director uh, for in-house to keep a surprise. Community impact director. Evangelism, that's Rob. Leadership training, that's primarily me. Kitchen. Deb, Deb does the refreshments. She makes uh, the, the muffin, the minium. Men's fraternity, ladies' membership class, uh, sermon podcasting. That's Jeremy. And uh, so uh, you, you kind of get an idea. Okay, let's... Uh, well, let me take some questions, and then I'm going to uh, let you fill out your questionnaire And uh, as we make disciples, right? That's what we're doing, and then we'll let you go. All right, questions. Jen. Yeah, that, Jen's question is, how are we going to encourage you to do something here? Okay? We have far too many people doing, too few people doing too much. Now, we should all have a job when we're here, and then as we scatter, that's, you know, most of our life, right? Then we're busy discipleship making. So, yes, okay, so we're going to create the opportunity, we're going to make the needs known, and uh, we'll see the response, and then we're going we're gonna to say, look, I th- the leadership's going to say, I see something in you, would you consider this? And I'd like you to really consider, for example, you need to have an assistant back there, Jen, and, uh, and, and do the training of that. Jay? Yeah, thanks, Jay. And you do. Whatever you do, you do very well. I appreciate your, that excellent value. I, I thought of you when I, I did, really. And your patience with me, with uh, the uh, computer and all that stuff. Thank you for that. Yeah, and uh, that's what we want to do, whatever it is. Bev? Yes, that's another one. I thought of that after this list. We need someone to, that takes ownership on that, keeps it current, because it changes, right? Emails change, addresses, new people. That's bad. See, we have not done well with that, and we want to do that. So, uh, and, 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 and uh, J- I, I know, Jay, you've been a part of that in the past, and Bev, you've, uh, so we've got to think through that and get one person to own it, and then they get help with that. JT? Teaching them to observe all the things 
disciples. Right. That's a command for Joe to make disciples. That's a command for Larry to make disciples. It isn't who we're going to get to get involved. This is Jesus commanding us to make disciples. Amen. So there's no reason anybody sitting in here should be saying, well, I'm going to, I'm not doing this. It's a command. If you disobey the command, you're disobeying the command of God. Wow. Well, there's a sermon. <laughs> JT, thank you. It's a command. That's, that's exactly right. It's not like anchovies. No, I don't think I will. If you're a Christian... Where do I fit into this? You don't have an option. If you're following Christ, you don't have an option. Get that man a mic. I want, really. Thank you, JT. This is... Uh, I, we're, I'm expecting... Faith and I have been praying. All of us will be involved in this. You don't know how good it could be. We go like, I can't believe God uses us like this. Really. And the friends that God will cause us to meet that come to Christ, and we have the privilege of discipling, seeing them grow in maturity and become a reproducer in the hearts and lives of their circle. Yeah, Tex? Yeah, I just, you know, maybe everybody doesn't understand the difference between what you're doing and you know, in preaching and in disciple making. You know, not to minimize preaching because it's obviously very important, but it, it can't, disciple making doesn't happen from the pulpit. It's, it's a one on one. You know, life, life transference as you, as you study. Yeah, no, discipleship can ha happen from the pulpit. It's the air war. It sets the pace of the whole church. It teaches. The downside is you're not face-to-face -face with the guy and say, how's it going? How, many questions How did you blow it? Can you feel from the pulpit? From the pulpit? Yeah, not too many. That, no, that's right. And uh, you're right. It sets the pace. But you got to put the boots on the ground to get into the groups and to do the close-up training. That's why the small groups, the intimacy, the unity, the training, the discipleship, and uh, all the other good things that come out of that. Thank you, Tex. Very good. Others? Other things? Questions? Did I see some? Raj? Uh, just, just an observation. Uh, part of discipleship is encouraging people to do. And we have... All these are opportunities for people to, to follow through, to, to you know, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. So that observance is service, is, is obedience, as uh, JT mentioned. Amen. Encouragement to do so. I mean, the Sunday school class is sort of making a resurgence, even when the adults are viewing it as a small group. Uh, the things I've been reading, and it can be, and it can be. We, I, I, you know, a small group says, we want to meet Sunday morning at, at uh, 8.45 over here. Fine. That, that's great. Al, did you have? Cheaper. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, we, we have our antenna up all the time, looking around. The elders, they get the printouts from the realtors and, and, and others. Dave Mall is, he's all, we're always, we've looked at so many properties, and the, but the Lord is, at this point, we're right here. Lamb's Gap, no. Uh, there's some other properties that we talked about even this week, so it's an ongoing uh, thing. We realize the lease is up October of next year, and depending on the landlord, and what he's able to do here and so far as securing the building from water. That's a I didn't see next door, but the guy said it's a disaster over there with, with uh, even mildew and stuff, right, Jeff? Uh, Jeff and Dave and Hans. Hans, you were there too, yeah. Okay, any, any other questions? Yes, go ahead, Aaron.
That's a good. That's a wonderful suggestion, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for bearing your heart too. Yeah, that's uh, maybe it begins right at that point. Let's take a week and uh, everyone pray, Lord. What are my gifts and what do I feel? Usually, gifts are what you're interested in, and uh, and then we'll work on training. I promise you. Sue, do you have a? Yeah. So it doesn't mean that what yeah. you're doing is a leader. I'm a behind the scenes person. Yeah, most people are. I don't want to be yes. Let me mention that too. Most of what happens in a when a church gathers and most of it's done behind the scenes. Most everything is done behind the scenes. Very very few gifts up front. They are. And and yeah, and we can get a spiritual gift inventory kind of a thing. You go through and kind of ask questions, and they kind of help discern where, and then try and uh, with some training. And, uh, and the Lord will lead you. Like Sue was saying, I did this, then, then that, and it's amazing. You have, you have humility. That's the beginning point. I, I love that, and the Lord can use that. You know, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than someone great, right? I'd rather do something basic. All right, any others? Any other questions? These have been very, very helpful. Let's take this week and then all of us pray. Lord, where can I fit in? Anna? That's good. Yeah. Yes. Speak up. Encourage. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. That ties in with what Wanda said. You know, the body, we need to encourage each other. You know, it's amazing uh, how few people do. You know, they live with the adage. I expect everything to go right. I'll tell you when it doesn't. It should not be that way. It should not. We ought to be cheerleaders, encouragers. Okay. All right, take this sheet. Uh, let's take a few moments right now. Fill that out. Probably some of you already started to do that. Uh, fill that out. Uh, Dave, can you make sure you collect those, Dave, Dave Allen? Uh, make, make sure I, I get these in. Just love to see what do you love about Grace Church. What ways do you think we could improve our church and its ministry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, Hans just reminded, there's no age restriction on helping either. You don't have to be a certain age. And in fact, uh, you say, well, I have kids, I can't help. Take your kids, let them help with you. We did that. That's how we raised our kids, helping. They pitched right in. And uh, God will use that. We want to reach our community for Jesus. What are some specific ways you think we might be able to do that? Note the general categories and prioritize. You don't have to sign it. It's optional. 
But you may have something down there you want to talk to me further about, so if you want to put your name down. But you don't have to, it's truly optional. We'll take just a couple more minutes and then we'll be dismissed. All right, let's, uh, looks like everybody's pretty well done. Make sure you hand those out. Dave uh, Allen's collecting those. Make sure you give them to Dave. Uh, let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Before you do that, uh, Ron? Yeah. You can grudgingly, but try and do it there. But next week, if you have to, make sure you turn them in. Remember, this uh, helping and serving in a church is a hard issue. It is a hard issue. It's not optional, as JT has reminded us. Make disciples is a command. Now, what are you doing to help in that? It's a heart issue. We're all praying. We should all be giving. But where are we actually using our gifts? Let's pull together on this, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the great business of making disciples. Thank you for raising up grace for that purpose. Lead us, oh Lord, we pray and and uh, we just pray that we'll do these things for your glory only, that only Jesus would be raised. And as we pray about it this week, where should we, each one of us, uh, uh, begin to think about serving? Help us, Lord. Help us with the training, the opportunity, the empowerment as we move forward to small groups and community impact to a greater way. Lead us, Lord, we pray. We love you so. Make us a blessing this week. In Christ's name, amen. Goodbye, everybody. God bless you.